everybody, you did one hell of a job. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! It's Talking Boys with the Boys. Cowboys Familia, what's up? This is Talking Boys with the Boys, and we're back again with some of that Cowboys Fuego. But first, a little business. Please take a minute to share, subscribe, leave us a rating, and a review wherever you find this pod. Five stars and a couple of sentences on why you love this pod will be greatly appreciated. And now, the conglomerate, the panel of homies. I'm your host, Adam Y, along with my homies, Mark Stradamus D. And I'm Dylan 88 Wilson. Gone, ain't that a bitch? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, ain't hey, that a hey, where's he at? Andreas. You there, Andreas? <laughs> it says connected, Doug. It, it does, but he either got on mute or some of the headset ain't working. Nah, what's up? I've been here the whole time. The whole time I've been here, I ain't moved. Oh, <laughs> this guy. Hey, walk God. closer to your router. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm literally like six feet from it. Well, y'all, the haters got to finally come out of hiding after eight weeks. The Cowboys got mollywhopped at home 30 to 16 falling to a 16-2 record. And it was evident that they didn't come to play, thought it would be a cakewalk. We got out physical on all three phases, energy and intensity. Everything that could go wrong went wrong from missed tackles to missed throws and drop passes to missed opportunities to get back in this game. And like the great Shane Falco said, quicksand, homies, the more they tried to overcompensate for their bad play, the more the quicksand swallowed them up. Quicksand. Oh, shit, shit. Hey, quicksand is a scary mother, man. I mean, first of all, they suck you right in, and even if you scream, uh, you get all that muck in your mouth. I don't think that's what Shane had in mind, Frank. Huh? That's not what he had in mind. What are you talking about, Dan Cover? Well, why don't you ask him? <clears throat> hey, what's up, Shane? You're playing, and you think everything is going fine, but then one thing goes wrong, and then another. And another. And you try to fight back, but the harder you fight, the deeper you sink. Till you can't move. You can't breathe. Because you're in over your head. Like quicksand. That quicksand but, analogy is spot on. Yeah, hell yeah, man. <laughs> Crazy, dog. But anyhow, yeah, dog, so... Mark, bring us some Cowboys news, dog. What's good, Cowboys Nation? Look good, feel good, feel good, pod good. Let's eat, baby. Sunday afternoon, our 6-1 and one boys took the bait and fell into the 6-2 and two trap. A trap that was full of offensive and defensive quicksand, which got deeper and deeper with every mistake and miscue. From each missed fourth down conversion attempt to an attempted recovery of a blocked punt, Everything seemed to backfire on us. The harder we tried, the further we sunk, and the more we struggled. Mm. Mike McCarthy identified technique issues, time management problems, matchup disasters, missed tackles, and lack of fight to finish as the common repeated mistakes that led to the quicksand nature of this game. The main factor on defense that Coach Dan Quinn reportedly had issues with was effort and execution. Too many missed arm tackles and blown assignments, according to Quinn. The defensive unit had a, had a season-high 14 missed tackles and gave up six explosive runs on Sunday. Cowboys defensive end Demarcus Lawrence is not expected to begin his 21-day window this week. He's expected to return and practice that starting next week. Greg Zerline was moved to the COVID reserve designation list. Paging Liram Hiralahu. Paging Liram Hiralahu. Liram Hiralahu, pick, please pick up the courtesy phone. Well, it looks like he did, fellas. He came in, tried out, hit 12 for 12, and that is our new kicker. All right. What's his name? We- Liram Hiralahu. Hell yeah. Paging who? Paging who, Mark? Paging who? Liram Hiralahu. So we it's got not Brett Maher, the so there's that. 
<laughs> That's definitely, it definitely ain't Brenton Maher. We got Zeke with a knee injury. We got wide receiver Amari Cooper, defensive end Randy Gregory, and right guard Zach Martin. They all had a veteran Wednesday today, fellas. So it's kind of limited practice reps, not too much identified there, but they did sit out this past Wednesday with a little bit of time. Left tackle Tyron Smith to rehab, not practice today. He is making pro- progress from that ankle injury, but they're being very vague about the details. I mean, y'all know Mike don't let anything out of, out of the star, man. So back to you, bro. Oh, yo. So let's get uh, right to it, fellas. The good, the bad, and a whole lot of ugly. And I'll start with you first, Dylan, and we'll just go ahead and, and, and make a big powwow because I know there's a whole lot of ugly going on in this game, man. Some ugly homes. <laughs> well, let me let me just get everything out the way. So I got I got everybody except Michael Parsons. Uh, the receivers couldn't catch. The defense couldn't tackle. Lyle Collins played like 2020 Terrence Steele. Terrence Steele played like Chaz Green. Anthony Brown was better than Trayvon Diggs. Yeah. Randy Gregory, who I predicted to get four sacks, he was basically non-existent. Zeke and Pollard were a non-factor dealing with injuries. Couldn't we had to abandon the run and all that? Dak was missing throws he normally completes in the sleep. They said the calf was fine, but I call cap on that. His throws were all up, <laughs> upper body. He was heaving it to the guy. Mark, you get your flowers, man. You said the injury was worse than they were letting on, and I believe you. But yeah, it was, it was a lot of ugly. It was, it was not a fun game. You mean you didn't enjoy seeing him shot put that bitch out to the sideline? <laughs> hey, hey, it didn't even look right, did it? No. no, it didn't. You could see he was hesitant with it, man. You could tell, you know. Hell yeah. Well, like I said, man, there was a whole lot of ugly in this game, man. Um, so one of my uglies, ugly, definitely turned still, man. See, Tyron Smith has allowed five pressures in seven games, man. Terrence Steele allowed nine in one game against the Broncos at left tackle, trying to replace Smith. So that's kind of ugly, man. Uh, I don't know what hell they're doing, ugly. man. I, I, yeah, hell ugly, man. And I don't know what the hell them boys doing, man. It's it's it still only allowed eight in his previous six games at right tackle, but yet they decided to move him. What we're hearing from oh, uh, was the Calvin Watkins on Twitter is that they're they're going with the same lineup against uh, Atlanta. But another one of my uglies, man. Time of possession. The Vikings had forty-one minutes. Dallas had eighteen minutes. The defense was left asked out and gassed out when it was all said and done. They also recorded, as Mark stated, a season-high 14 missed tackles and let the big plays convert. Cowboys D versus the big plays? Shit. Broncos ran 73 plays Sunday, six explosive plays, went for 190 yards, averaging 29.8 per play. Remaining 67 plays, 228 yards, averaging 3.4 yards. And to top it off, the Cowboys posted their worst pass rush win rate, dog, of the season versus Denver. 31.4%. Previously, the lowest PRWR was in week one versus Tampa Bay, 38%. In each of the Cowboys' six victories, they posted pass rush win weight above, above 50%. So, hell, we weren't even facing the, T, the TB, Tampa Bay, and the, and the, and, and the Tom Brady's. We were, we, we were facing the other TB, goddamn Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> and we couldn't even get to him, man. Nope. Mm-hmm. But yeah, go ahead, mm-hmm. Well, we also talked about Teddy Bridgewater in the last show, right? What did we say? We called him check down Charlie. We called him a game manager. We did, but we also said that we can't let him throw that bitch down the sideline, have somebody run right under it. And that's pretty much what happened with a few things, man. You know, we, we I think not just us, but I think that the team, you know, kind of took Teddy Bridgewater a little lightly on that end. You know, the way we were playing defense, the way we weren't, we didn't come in ready to punch anybody in the mouth. We came in, we got punched in the mouth, we yep. staggered back, we got punched again. Now, don't get me wrong. Look, on the fourth down conversions, that's us taking hay, um, swinging haymakers back at them. So it's not like we got punched in the mouth and just fell down. We just didn't convert because there comes that throwing the ball out there with nothing mm-hmm. but your shoulder. I mean, I didn't even – look, for about a quarter and a half, two quarters – Dak was off target. He was, I mean, there was a crossing route that Cedric Wilson, one of his favorite targets, and he hits him in the feet, wide open. So we know there's something Dance. going on with, with, with just, just his angles of the throw, different places. He doesn't want to put a lot of, he doesn't want to plan on that foot and try to do everything he can. Then the adrenaline started flowing and we started getting back into it. But like we talked about with quicksand, 
you yep. start struggling too much. You take those big old steps to try to get out and you start sinking further and further. Man, I mean, fourth down conversions. I don't think we converted one, did we? Nope. Be honest with nothing. No, we didn't We were all two. Yep. You know, and smart, then we got smart. we got a new kicker coming in. So actually, we're look. I don't have a problem with the fourth down conversions. I mean, we've been doing it all season. It's not like I'm going to sit here and go, well, you know, hey, we got down, then we got too too aggressive. No, I didn't have a problem with it. I wouldn't have a problem with doing it again. I mean, that's kind of how we've been playing the season. And to be honest with you, it's one of our strengths. Yeah, you know, why wouldn't and why wouldn't we have a yeah? Why would we have a problem? Not when you're not when you're the 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 number one offensive league. Like you're supposed to convert that. You're supposed my, to convert a long, a long one yard or even two yards, man. Come on now. My you problem know? was my problem was why are you running man box when you have six blockers? That, that was my problem with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like right. they were trying to hurry up to the line and, and try to catch them off guard, but it, it clearly you just were completely outnumbered and the play got blown up. I like the decision yeah, to I, keep I like the decision to keep going for it, but we had a fourth and one. I think it was on our 45, and we punted it. It's, it's again, no consistency with it. Well, I think the style of offense that we run, though, look, we Mike McCarthy, did y'all realize that we're 27th in the NFL in fourth down conversion? I mean, before this game, we were 24th. It's not like we were killing it, okay? I didn't realize that. We, yeah, we keep going for it, man. That's what this, that's what this offense does. So people were talking to me, and they were saying, well, look, we needed to take the get the, the foot off the gas pedal, start taking what they could give us. I mean, what, what, what we could take and, mm-hmm. and not just fall into the trap that they were setting. But at the same time, that's kind of going against our offensive philosophy. You know, yep. like that, that kind of goes against the way we've been doing this all season. So is it playing to their hands and keep going? I mean, because, Doug, like we've said just a few times, I mean, one, one of those throws was a touchdown to C.D. Lamb that Dak just led him out of bounds on a fourth down. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, yep. and, and so, I mean, you complete that. We're all sitting here going, shit. And it's a good thing we went for it on fourth there, man. And we got what we wanted, you know? Yes, so sir. It, it, yes, sir. I, I really don't have a problem with the game plan, to be honest with you, because I praised it to this point. It was the same thing. It's just that we fell back in the yards. We fell back in points. You start pressing. You start – what the defense wants you to do is take everything underneath and then march down the field. Well, when you get down, Dak was looking at taking a little more than maybe he should have, and you throw off inconsistency with his arm and then not having really good chemistry with his receivers right then, and it just leads to a shit show that we saw. You know? Do you, do you think Dak will be yeah. back, to, back to normal this week, or does he have a more couple weeks? I'll, I'll tell you like this, man. From, from my experiences with an injury, the thing that I always said is once you're 100%, you, you're really not who you are for about – until the, the, the arrows and, and the gun start slinging for maybe about a week because you have to trust yourself again. You got to trust. I can jump. You know, I can do what I can do off that foot. And you have to trust it psychologically. And I, I think he'll be back to who he was. I really don't think it was like this. Like, ooh, I felt something. Man, I got to compensate with the arm. I really think it was more like this. I better not hurt it. I got to just put a little bit more into the arm. Ah, shit. I don't think yep. it was really a pain. I think it was more. <laughs> That's what it looked like too. <laughs> yeah, you know that. Anybody who's been injured, you know, man. There's a physical part to it, then there's a psychological part to it. And when guys are running at you, trying to kill you. I mean, look, I just dealt with that from a basketball standpoint and it felt, yep. you know, off. But from his standpoint, he was just getting acclimated. And then you saw when he was acclimated. I mean, we can talk about chemistry with receivers, but they threw Malik Turner in there and he had two touchdowns. Yeah. So yeah. really to me, to me, it was just, it was, it was that issue in the first and second quarter. You know, he just had to get acclimated to it. Once the adrenaline starts flowing, he's not thinking about that anymore or even caring. He's being that. So I really think this coming week, like I said a little while ago, the mm-hmm. long dick of the Cowboys is about to come for the Falcons. So. Yeah, yes, well, I mean, speaking, yeah, well, speaking on that, man, <laughs> well, what? Well, it was 19 for 39 on that day. A uh, few misses to open receivers that Dak usually hits, man. He completed less than 50% of his throws, 232 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. And what does he say, Mark? Rest equals rust. Rest Who knows? equals rust, buddy. Rest Who knows, dog? Rust. But one thing was for certain, his mechanics were definitely off. But with yeah. all that being said, fellas, even after Sunday's dreadful performance, though, the Cowboys' offense still ranks fourth in EPA per play, first in yards per play, in successful play percentage, fourth in scoring drive percentage, sixth in rushing yards before contact, fourth in rushing yards after contact, and fourth in explosive pass percentage. And guess what, man? We are getting 1-3 back this week. That's yep. our guy. That's the big play guy. That's the stretch the field guy, man. And that's going to definitely help this offense, man. We need it. 
Yes, sir. Yes, a little, sir. a little, like a little to describe from the last content. So we're fifty percent on fourth down conversions at home and twenty five percent on the road. Ooh. So you know, I mean, we all love it, right? And we all look at it and we're like, man, hey, we do what we want. But then when we lose, we're like, that was a problem. Well, not really. We haven't been great at it. It's just what we do. You know. <laughs> But all right, Andres, give us your good, bad, and ugly. Honestly, I don't have a single good. I don't have a traditional good from the game. My only good is we got punched in the mouth, and now we know that we can be beat any given Sunday. The team should have already known that. But I think now, after seeing us totally get whooped up and down the field, the only good that came from this game is that maybe it woke up the players. The bad was the rush defense. I said last week, we need to stop the run game. We gave up 190 yards. 190 yep. yards. You ain't going to beat anyone in this league giving up that that many yards. Um, and the ugly, basically, like Yare said, just the whole game. The whole game was ugly. There wasn't really one positive that I really walked away. I'm like, yeah, you look at that right there. No, it's all I'll ugly. I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Michael Parsons. <laughs> he, he, he balled out again, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he did. He actually, he's he's doing, I mean, that was kind of historical what he did the other day. I mean, mm -hmm. let me see, what did I have here? He had 10 tackles, three for a loss, and two and a half sacks. Two and a half sacks, baby. I mean, look, if we, <laughs> look, if we, if we win no, that game right there. Hungry. <laughs> he's Dude, the first I mean, to get, what, uh, ten, 10 tackles for a loss, and was it five sacks in his first eight games? Yes, it was, yes, it was, it was, exactly. Yeah, I, I see Bobby Belt right there. Uh, it, it looked like it was the Denver Broncos versus Michael Parsons. Yeah, <laughs> he was basically. the only one playing out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey you might like this. Hey, hey, Dylan, hold on real quick, big bro. You might like this. So, in week nine of 2020, Chase Young had 44 tackles. Michael Parsons has 52 That's tackles. Chase, Chase Young had 10 tackles for a uh, total for a loss. So does Micah. Micah has 14 quarterback hits to 12 for Chase Young. Micah has 27 pressures. Chase had 24. Uh, Chase got him on seven and a half sacks at this point, but mm, you might, you know what, Dylan? Somebody how that many, earlier, uh, big bro. On how many weeks to to a whole a whole rookie year, ain't it? Yeah, or yeah, that's that, that's yeah, um, yeah. that's Micah's first what eight or nine that's weeks. Week nine is compared. To, that's week nine is compared to all all of twenty twenty. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Talk your shit, Dylan. Yeah, so Dylan kind of so, predicted that. So, so what what is Michael Parsons is better than Chase Young, right? I mean, that's, you know, at this point, the numbers would definitely point in that direction, wouldn't they? Yeah, at the end of this year, we're going to be comparing. At the end of this year, we're going to be comparing Micah's entire rookie year to to Chase two years. That's what you're going to stack up. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Let's right. go. I agree, man. man. I agree. <laughs> I definitely agree with that, bro. Definitely. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, fellas. Well, shit, man. Um, I got a couple questions I want to ask you guys, man. First one being. Is Trayvon's aggressiveness becoming a problem for his style of play? Right now, mm. Trayvon Diggs leads the NFL in interceptions and in penalties as as a cornerback and yards allowed. Um, look, Trayvon, his style of play, you can't really coach that down because he's a playmaker. He's a ball hog. It's a yep. natural ability. It's not something that you can say, hey, maybe you shouldn't be as aggressive. The thing that you tell him is to work on his technique and his fundamentals of what he's trying to do in the play. And Facts. whatever the cover is, is designated as. If it's cover four, cover two, cover one, a matchup mm -hmm. zone, whatever it is, he mm -hmm. needs to stick to what he's doing in the individual play and then take some of the chances a little bit later. Right now, the book is out on Trayvon. Double move his ass. It kind of doesn't matter who we're going to put as the double move. Honestly, they're using, they're using a guy who can really run a route specifically. You know, yeah. they're, they're using some you of the guys from that end. Yeah, you see it. I mean, even on that play with the Patriots, that guy that ran the route on him, you don't even remember his name right now, but he was a specific slot receiver that they put on the outside to try to do that. Yep. You know, yep. so what they're doing with him is they're actually giving him the first, the first move. They're hoping he's going to bite on it, and then they're, they're going with it. Now, yeah. the penalties. Oh, he's, bi really he's biting on the first problems, move. He's he's chopping on. He is, man. He is. He is. I mean, he had, an, what, did he, have a, he had a penalty in the end zone, too, right in front of the end zone? Right? Yeah. And then, I mean, the, the, the touchdown catch that he had caught on him, it, it has to do with aggressiveness. Look, we've all made the comparisons to Dion. We, we all have. We've all seen it. Um, Trayvon has a few things that Dion didn't have, length, um, a little bit more strength, height. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he doesn't run a 4-2. All right? Yeah. So some of those times when he's baiting the quarterback – Dion had enough speed to make a mistake, screw up, turn around, and still get back in the play. 
Trayvon doesn't have that kind of speed, okay? So I yeah. think there's a difference in that aspect. He needs to just get his fundamentals down, but he doesn't need to stop taking chances. He just needs to pick his spots a little bit different. Yeah. So yep. that's what I think from that end, man. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree with what Mark said. I think it's like the NBA, you know, the old saying, shooter, shoot, right? You got a guy, he, he's, he's, he's a sharp shooter. He probably goes through three or four games. He's a little off. You don't tell him to stop shooting. You tell him, keep shooting, shoot or shoot. Keep doing, keep doing what you do. Keep doing what got you here. Eventually, you're going to work through it. So with Trayvon, it's a different sport, obviously. But like what Mark said, I totally agree. You know, you can't, you can't coach him down. Like he said, you got to – now, he could be smarter, but you can't tell him to stop what he's doing. Because you know what? You got to take the good with the bad. You got to take these, these bombs or these passes that he, that he gives up. Mm-hmm. But you know it's going to come back with a pick or two, and then probably in a real big play in a in a in a big spot. So yeah, the Falcons, right? How about that, right? <laughs> <laughs> we talking about Tim. Uh, I knew, I knew, I knew. You see, this is why I didn't want to tweet nothing. This is why I wanted to talk about it because I didn't want to get, I didn't want this to seem like I'm talking down on my boy. You know what I mean? Now, uh, let, let me defend my guy real quick. We, uh, the the penalties those were bad. Uh, the, pen, the, the, the penalties the penalties were bad. Uh, like he he basically cost uh, a couple touchdowns. He took a, a a nice interception away from uh, Jordan Lewis, but uh, that that touchdown that he gave up. I don't know about y'all, but it looked like a push off to me. Like he didn't bite on a double move. It was great yeah. coverage. He was right mm-hmm. there. Then that last split second, he like kind of stiffed arm him away and got a little separation enough to go make that catch. Good throw, good catch, and unfortunately, a push off. Yeah, uh, the the play against New England, uh, uh, he was defending the outside move. He didn't bite on the double move. He was defending it because he had he had a, a safety over top protecting him. And uh, so yeah, uh, they gave up that long touchdown pass, uh, and it was Kendrick Bourne, by the way. Uh, I do yes. remember the name. I'm gonna, that too. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a disclaimer. I'd like to go in right after this. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you see, we a lot of the yards given up. I remember a lot of trash yards, like uh, like DJ Moore. He got a lot of yards uh, on Trayvon Diggs because they're running them. Uh, did you designate not, something garbage? Ooh. <laughs> uh, I don't like garbage yards, bro. Those are yards. Yeah. So, so yeah, a lot, a lot of the Trayvon Diggs narratives that come, come in like insignificant, uh, I don't know, times of the game. And uh, nobody's going to trade seven interceptions for less penalties and less yards. So it, it is what it is. His, his aggressiveness hurts in the sense that he's given up too many penalties. Some of them were ticky-tack versus uh, Justin <laughs> Jefferson, but, again, he has the penalty narrative going on right now. On the play um, against the Patriots, he actually played that wrong. His situation awareness was horrible. He should have given him the out. He didn't defend the out. He defended the up. That's what he did. He should have given him the out. That's what he should have done. That's situational awareness. Give him the out. We don't care about that completion. What, are they going to kick a field goal? No, because we're still up. Mm-hmm. So that's what he should have done. He shouldn't have been as aggressive as he was, and he shouldn't have been on the incel right. Yes, he thought Casey was there for the over-the-top help, but he wouldn't have even cared about that if he had done what he was supposed to do by giving him the out. That's number one. Number two, Moore worked him. He was five for five on his ass. He even came off – he came across his face, and he caught a, a – I think it was a drag no, – not a drag route. It was – I think it might have been a drag route coming across his face. He allowed him to cross his face maybe three or four times, man, and that was based on technique. Look, I love Trayvon. I do. But I have had my druthers about some of his technique as well. I just don't pitch on it because you can't really bag on somebody when they got seven picks. But when they get beat in technique, when they get beat like he did the last game, I have to take the good with the bad and I have to analyze it. I can't just say, be, I can't be a homer and go, he's doing all right. I mean, he takes risks and that's what he does. Doug, yeah. with a really good receiver taking <clears throat> those kind of chances right now, he's going to get worked. And he needs to stop. I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. If they're going to come after him early and often. They're going to come in any team for the next three to four games. What I'm willing to bet is they're going to check in early and often. And it ain't going to be just the Falcons. And they're going to they're check his principles on coverage early and often. If I was him, I would stick to the first two quarters and just sticking to what I'm doing. Be sound in your fundamentals and your technique. Third quarter, make some adjustments. Take some risks. Do what you want to do. But they're going to come at you in the first couple quarters, and they're going to check if you've got your technique down. Yeah. Let me, let me jump in here, too, man. I think – I honestly do think first maybe three to four weeks when, 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 he, was, when he was getting uh, getting those picks, 
fundamentals did look great. He, he, everything looked great. He was, he was jumping routes, getting that. <clears throat> I just think maybe the, the last couple of games, I think I, I, me personally, got overly aggressive on, on a lot of those routes, man. And that's just, and you know what I mean? And, and, and the teams, and, and teams noticed it, but that's just my opinion. Well, look, and with me, I don't take PFF grades and analysis. I take them with a grain of salt. I do, but I also take them to look in a direction. There is a reason he has been at the bottom half, guys. We can't just say, oh, he's good, and they don't know what they're looking at. Dylan, Dylan can, right, Dylan? <laughs> I, was, I was letting y'all go. You, you got anything else before I go again? Oh, I got, I got plenty more. It just depends. It just depends on what you're going to rebuttal. So I got plenty. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, like that, like that. Patriots play. Trayvon Diggs played it perfectly. He played the outside. The only thing no, that I guess, Dylan. The, the, <laughs> yeah, play. He protected the outside. He had the safety over top. If Casey plays that, if he plays that correctly, it's an easy interception, and then we're not even talking about it. And the, the fact, uh, even on that play, Trayvon Diggs is looking back like, what the hell are you doing? Like, <laughs> no, what I mean by that. you giving the outside is you don't get beat on the double route because you're already giving him the outside. So you're defending he, against that. So the double won't even work is what I'm saying, man. The double won't even work because you're defending the first throw. He <laughs> was defending the first throw. That People think he bit on it because he was defending the first throw. I'm saying he no, wasn't biting. He, he, he was playing the outside because he had the safety over time. I really think that he was not playing the outside. He, he. I think it was the opposite, to be honest with you. But that's just my analysis. I mean, Adon had to talk, talk me down, dog. I really think his technique has lacked, man. I just, I don't, you can't preach on it and go, hey, he had two picks, but did y'all see how where he was in cover four? I never talked about it, but it has been there, man. Yeah. And it was exposed. I mean, nobody exposed his ass. And they saw some things on tape and they said, hey, look, in the beginning of the game, if you give him a double, He's going to bite every time. Yeah. Every time. So, so uh, what's the double moves that he's been on these last couple of weeks that we're talking about? An out and up. What? An out and up. A stop and uh, go. So, so are you talking, are you talking about the touchdown to Tim Patrick? Uh, honestly, um, no. I'm, I'm talking about just in general what I've seen. The, the touchdown to Tim Patrick, he was, fighting, he was hand fighting them with him in the end zone, wasn't he? Yeah. The push oh, it, it, so, it was, I mean, <laughs> it was as good as coverage as it could be. Uh, well, I mean, he got a touchdown called on him, so it wasn't as good a coverage as it could be. No, I mean, you're re- literally yeah. right but right on your guy. Like, it doesn't get – like, you don't expect anything better from a corner than that. If you're okay, right well, I'll guy, say this then, Dylan. I will put it this way. I expect the defensive player of the year candidate to shut down a no-name receiver. I'll put it that way. But a, a good throw and, like, a perfect ball placement is going to be uh, good defense every time. It doesn't – this is how it is. But yep. to my lockdown corner, I got to – okay, if somebody makes a catch like that on him, I want to see Evans on the back or somebody that I can be like, hey, well, he does that, man. I'm, I'm – Doug, he shouldn't – what's his name? Tim Drink? What's his name? Tim what? Tim Patrick. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> I want to see if he does that this week, man. They scouted Trayvon's weaknesses, bro. They went after him and they exploited him. It's okay. He's my boy too. But he needs to clean that up. The thing is, sports is all about making adjustments, right? As a player, as a coach, everyone needs to make adjustments. And maybe these offensive coordinators have seen these first eight weeks. They're like, okay, you know what? As this, we if we do this, he'll he'll he'll, he'll come back and do this. So Trayvon, on his own, he needs to make adjustments. He needs to learn what he needs to do. You know what I'm saying? I know he's a rookie, yeah, and I know he hasn't seen you know everything that he's that he's second here. But he needs to. You're right. You're. Right, I don't know why I said rookie. Um, but he needs to make adjustments because these offensive coordinators are making adjustments for him. Well, I think I think it's an it's an example of like last year, he didn't have to make these type of adjustments. He didn't even have to worry about this shit. Our defense sucked. All right, yeah. he just had to worry about staying solid, trying to get you know trying to take as many chances as he could because he just had to fight off being the one defensive player who could actually produce. So this year, he's finally coming into his own, seeing what he can test. But he's also, when he tests, in my opinion, he's falling, he, he's, he's falling back on his technique when he's testing. So, what, and, and look, nothing negative on him. It's just this. He needs to focus on his technique initially. He didn't have to do that last year. Last year, he could just, you know, run around trying to make plays, being 6'1", having the range of a 6'4 guy. He could just run around doing that. This year, he had to, yeah. he had to sit down. He's understanding where he can take chances. But now it's like, okay, so now they got a book on you. So what are we going to do from this point? I mean, Doug, in the second half of the season, I expect him to, to shut everybody down, to be honest with you, now that they've exploited what he can't do. Not can't do, but a weakness of his. He just needed that, in my opinion. Just like everybody else on this team needed that in this game. It hey, what's his 40 time at, at the Combine? What, four, what did four, he do? I think it was a 4-4. Four, four. I think it was a 4-4 four, 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 four. 
four, four, five. I thought. All right, man. Well, let's, let, I got I got another question for you guys, man. The Tyron Smith effect is it a real thing still? Yes. Because when he's not playing, the line seems to become inept. Mm. Yes. I'm gonna I'm 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 play devil's advocate to Andrew, uh, Andreas. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, uh, so I think in the past it was definitely a 100% a thing. Like he he comes out of the line and just everybody falls apart. But I'm thinking this week it was more about the guys coming in were just so terribly bad. And when you compare it to a hall of famer, like Tyron Smith, <laughs> everything just looks bad. But, <laughs> but, I got you. but I got you. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily like Tyron Smith. If he's out, it doesn't matter who comes in. The line falls apart. I think it's just this week, Lyle Collins and, uh, and Terrence Steele just played, you know, two of the worst games of their career. Well, Ter- I mean, Terrence Steele, man, to go to left tackle, it's the <laughs> complete opposite of what he was doing. Remember that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's true. the complete opposite of what he was doing on the other side. That ain't easy, guys. But he I calls himself a swing tackle. Swing tackle. You got to be able to do that, right? If, if you're a true swing tackle and, and, that's how you, and that's how you make your money, you got to be able to play both sides. Yeah, they, they were but trying to swing, swing the swing tackle, tackle but I don't I mean, think he's a swing tackle anymore. I'm just saying what I've seen Cowboys insiders uh, call him. I mean, they, they all call him swing tackle. Yep. Well, right now, right now he looks like a right tackle. Yeah, he's a well, backup right there. It's designated a swing. It's designated a swing because you're you're big, you're good at certain areas, and then they put you somewhere else. That doesn't mean that that's what you should be. You know what yeah. I mean? And I I really think the offensive line this week, like you mentioned it, how they're going to keep everything the same, right? But I really think that's kind of the formula they're going to have um, where they had steel on the other side, and we got our ass whooped one week, and we were like, what are we doing keeping steel over there? I really think they're going to allow him to get a little bit of help. And then, I mean, Atlanta, the guy coming off the edge, I did a little bit of research on him, but he is a no-name. I mean, it's, I, I hate to say that, and then this dude has like four or five sacks. But at the Yay. same time, it's not like Joey Bosa coming off the edge on steel. That's why it's, not the dude, it's not the dude from two years ago, is it? What's oh, it? No, it's not. No. Was it Claiborne, right? It was Adrian Claiborne? Yeah, yeah, I heard that. Six yeah. I heard that. They're signing him to a one a one day deal. <laughs> 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 no, I wouldn't even doubt it, dude. No I wouldn't even doubt it. But I think they're gonna play that out. They're gonna try to, you know, the, the thing is, I mean, going to the other side, man, it is different, bro. Cause I mean, yeah, being a swing tackle, but it, it kind of flips everything you were doing well. And remember, he wasn't doing everything well on the right side last year. Yeah. He just got started doing it well this year, and then they are okay. So everything you were doing, flip it. But see, I don't think the answer was just to put Collins out there. Collins hasn't played that since LSU. So I don't think the answer was to put Collins. And people are like, well, yeah, I'm sure he can do it. You're sure he can do it? Because he hasn't done it in, in, what, seven years. But but when he first came in, that was a problem. Yeah. Here's the thinking behind it, though. We we know uh, Terrence Steele at right tackle. He's a solid right tackle. Solid, yeah. Yeah, uh, and if we move him to left tackle, a position where he's bad at, and Lyle Collins, you know, compounds that by having a bad game, then we have two bad players as opposed to just leaving Terrence Steele at right tackle, and you have, you know, a good player where one versus two in that in that instance. But sometimes, like they, like they, I remember Hellman making comments maybe about a year or two ago where Lyle was staunch about not doing it. Like, you know, most guys are like, I'll do it. You know, hey, yeah, let's go at it. This dude was like, I, I want to stay on the right side. You know what I mean? Like, this is where I am. This is what I do. And this is what I'm good at. Now, considering his measurements and considering, like, what he did in college, I, I mean, Lyle Collins is, I mean, tailor fit for being a left tackle, you know, considering he his He said that was a natural straight, fit for him, wasn't things. it? Didn't he come out and it, say it, it, uh, that it was a natural fit playing le- the left side? Yeah, he did say something about the, the left side being natural to him. I think he was talking about guard, though, but, you know, left oh, tackle is yeah. not that yeah. far from guard. I'm willing to bet if Steele gets work this week, well, and I don't think they're going to leave him out there. I mean, look, they didn't really leave him out there by himself this past game, a little more than we would like to, but I think that uh, Zeke and Tony Pollard are going to have a lot of help over there chipping, and I also think they're going to inline the, the tight end on that side as well. I think they're going to kind of shift everything a little bit and give a little bit more help to that side and then let him do it a little bit. And with, Jar- with, Jar- with Jarwin out and Sprinkle coming back, they're probably going to have him in line blocking a lot. Yes, sir. Definitely. Definitely. Hey, I will say this, Definitely. though. I will say this, though. I trust in Philbin. Yeah. I, I, think, yeah I, think, I, think, I think maybe they, they'll go – they went back to the drawing board and he, I think he got these guys ready to, uh, ready to, to block this week. But, yeah, speaking of Week 10, man – Let's jump into it, man. Sir. Boys versus Atlanta. 
And let's get your key matchups. All right, my first one, I got Trayvon Diggs versus Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Here we go. Let's go. Yeah, Kyle Pitts, he's more of a receiver than a tight end. He plays outside a lot. He's, they're going to have him in the slot. Given the lack of outside receiving threats, I think they should let mm-hmm. Trayvon follow Kyle, Kyle Pitts. He's their best weapon, and that is the kind of ideal matchup for Trayvon. And, uh, you know, Kyle Pitts is generational and all. He's going to get his licks, but <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> is that is that matchup kind of hard for you to talk about, Dylan? I mean, kinda, like, love it was my first one. I think I did all right. Kyle Pitts is going to go for 100, but Trayvon's going to get two picks. So I'll be all right. Yeah. Okay. 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 So, so, so Trayvon's technique isn't going to get any work. I got it. Right. <laughs> hey, I got I got one matchup. Okay. Cordero Patterson. We yep. need to key in on him. That dude has been a revelation for the Falcons. Through eight games, he's already matched his career high in receiving yards. Through eight games, he's already passed his career high in rush yards. He has five touchdowns. This this coaching staff is doing something with him that all his other coaching staffs haven't done. They're not leaving him out there to be a true receiver. Cordero Patterson is a football player. You know what I'm saying? He's like, you need me to run the ball, I'll run the ball. You need me to catch the ball, I'll catch the ball. But I'm not going to be that receiver that just, you know, runs a go route. I'm not I'm not that type of – yeah, he can do it because he's got speed, but he's more – he's better in space, and that's what the Falcons coaching staff is doing. And that's why he's already across the board. His offensive output is better than any season he's had, and he's only through eight games. He's only through oh, eight yeah. games. He's oh, yeah. surpassed all his, all his milestones. Yeah, yeah, no, well, no, yeah, dude. Last Atlanta with six catches for under twenty six yards. Yeah, six four twenty six. And no, let's that's... let's face it, dude. Atlanta is in the mismatch business, dog. Patterson, he's a former first round pick, and he signed as a hybrid running back wide receiver. And guess what, dog? Patterson leads the NFC in combined yards with one thousand sixty nine, and is only behind Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor in the entire NFL. Yeah. But I'll give you a quote from my guy, Heckma Harrison, dog. Even a Chrysler 300 looks like a Bentley. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll also tell y'all this, though, man. ATL is also at the bottom of the league in rush attempts and averages yes, only 3.4 yards per carry. So they don't run yeah. much. We got to keep no. constant pressure on, on Matt Ryan so he don't turn into uh, Matty Ice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, man, I ain't going to lie, dog. I'm selling out on the run, guys. Because if Patterson and Davis get going, there's a chance that we see Pitts, Gage, and that guy. Um, what Zacharias? Alamade, Zacharias, Z- yeah. Zacharias. Yeah, yeah. So I trust Quinn. He knows the tendencies of Ryan and most of the players that he's coached. So it, oh, he knows that whole staff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying they're running the same things he ran, but I'm saying he knows the players and the players' tendencies. That's a whole different game. Well, I got I got Parsons on Patterson actually. I'm, what I'm gonna what I'm gonna kind of expand on with that is I'm gonna use uh, Micah in kind of a spy position with Cordero. If I was the defensive coordinator, what I would do is kind of use him in that sense because I'm not worried so much about the rushing attack. Yes, look, principles to to the NFL: you stop the run first and you build off that. But the way the NFL is running right now. You can stop mm-hmm. the run here, but at the same time, hey, um, Matty Ice has the uh, second highest completion percentage in the past five games, guys, behind Kyler Murray at 70%. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're averaging 25 points per game. So for me, and, you know, you just said the numbers there, big bro, with the rushing attempts, 3.4 yards a carry. They got Mike Davis back there. But to me, Cordero Patterson is more, yes, they're using him in a lot of different ways than anybody has ever used him before. But at the same time, if you put Micah on there and you stop a gimmick here, then you stop a route there, then you stop a rushing attempt, he's not going to run into the line and force a few yards. He's not that kind of running back. That's no. more of the Mike Davis running back they have. And he doesn't have any speed to get to the outside. So for me, we put Micah on him. We spy him a bit. Mm-hmm. We let mm-hmm. that 4-3 take over, show him, hey, you're not going to do anything today. Because every game that I've seen with Cordero Patterson, I mean, I remember when he was at the Vikings and he returned two, two kickoffs on our ass for touchdowns. So he's yeah. a super athlete. 
But at the same time, we have a super athlete on that side of the ball as well. And my idea, I'm going to treat him like he's a damn quarterback. Anytime he's in the game, I'm going to have Micah spying on him and keen up on what the play is going to do because they're not just putting him in the backfield. They'll roll him out. They'll run, you know, a flag route down the sideline. They're doing a lot of different stuff. So I put Micah kind of spying him in general. So. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That was actually my second key matchup. But it wasn't Micah. I had Dan Quinn versus Cordero, but I would actually put J. Ron Curse on him because uh, I I think uh, I want Micah Roman more so than than I do Curse. And I think that still you still kind of get the the same things. You get the you get the coverage, but you also get the the sideline the sideline plays. But uh Cordell in, in general he, he's going to give us a lot of problems if you line him up outside I think you're going to see Anthony Brown draw the assignment they uh, he's a good athlete you know y'all nailed everything I just want to see Dan Quinn I'm interested to see who he lines up on him and where so J-Ron does not stand a chance against your generational tight end then I mean I'm, I'm just I'm just I'm just saying I'm just saying I mean that he was brought in to, to get on tight end initially yeah, forget his name. Hunter Henry is that his name? No, Hayden yeah, Hurst. I'm sorry, Hayden, Hayden Hurst. Hurst. Yeah, Hayden, Hayden, oh, Hayden Hurst. Hurst. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hayden Hurst. Yeah, so Jay, from Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, if they do go 12 personnel, and you have if you have Kyle Pitts and Hayden Hurst, you're probably yeah. going to see Trayvon on Pitts, and then and then Curse on Hurst, and then Anthony Brown would assignment. But it is what it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Curse, mm-hmm. curse on on Patterson though. That kind of scares me a little bit, man. Just. I don't know. I, I see what you're saying with that, but I'm gonna need I'm gonna need Curse to do quite a bit, honestly. I don't think he'll be wearing that that uh that green dot because he's gonna have to do so much in coverage, helping out with Pitts, because I think he's gonna be on him quite a bit. I, I agree with you on the Trayvon Diggs on Pitts thing, but at the same time, I don't know if that's what the route Quinn will go because he likes the bracket coverage with a lot of different areas. I mean, he might just bracket Pitts, to be honest with you. He could have somebody mess with him off the line coming off the you know, they they also split him out. You know, so there's a lot of stuff you can do in a defensive principle rather than just good old fashioned. This is my best guy. That's your best guy. Let's go. I think Quinn has a lot for him. And remember, Quinn knows Matty Ice forward and backwards. guys. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, he he coached him for six years, man. He knows his strengths. He knows his weaknesses. As a defensive coordinator, you know what the hell he doesn't want to throw. You know what the hell he does want to throw. You know what will piss him off and you know how his tendencies are. So for me, I really I'm looking forward to, to what Quinn's coming in and what he's going to do to Matty Ice. That's that's my other matchup. He knows him real well. They he soup together him very well, bro. My yeah, last one, you man. Go ahead, go ahead. My last one was C.D. Lamb versus A.J. Terrell. Uh, A.J. Mm-hmm. Terrell. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, the, they had the draft conversation. <laughs> they they picked A.J. Terrell over C.D. Lamb. Starting to now because you know C.D. Lamb. <laughs> AJ Terrell, he's actually a pretty decent corner, and uh, he's having a, a a solid year. I just Lane is going to get the best of him. You, you think they're going to put Terrell on CD? You don't think they'll put him on Coop? No, well, Terrell, think, Terrell doesn't think they're gonna coop. Coop. You think they're going to double Coop? Terrell's their number one. Terrell's their number one. I know you. I double with my second best corner, and then I put my best corner on an island. You know what I mean? Well, like so. Usually, when when somebody brackets coverage, they they it's like say what we do, right? We get Anthony Brown and we bracket coverage with the safety. So you're gonna you'll put like you'll put Terrell on our best receiver and then bracket. I mean, you'd put him on CD and bracket Coop. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, with, with Fabian Moreau, I'm putting I'm putting I'm putting uh, Amari Cooper with Fabian. Terrell don't travel though. He stays on one side of the field. Well, no, that well that that's honestly with with my matchup when I said he was gonna stay to Cooper. Um, I thought he would because he's 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 been coming along, man. They kind of he's having a breakout season. He thinks he's the fucking man over there. So I mean, they might just match him up with Coop one on one. Yeah, hell yeah. All right, fellas. Well, hey man, y'all know what time it is. It's prediction time, man. So let me get your scores, who wins, and your wild prediction. And I'll start with you first, Dylan Wilson. I got uh, thirty-eight, twenty-seven Cowboys. I think uh, we're they're gonna be a pissed off team, as Mark said. We're about to long dick them. <laughs> they're in for a long night in more ways than one. <laughs> that, that Alabama black snake. <laughs> Wild prediction. I said. I said last week. I thought uh, Michael Gallup was coming back, but he's coming back. He's gonna get us too. Yeah, I, I back door you, man. I got the boys winning, similar to yours, man. But this time it's forty-five. The 27, kind of a weird score there. But um, I think at first it's it's kind of close. Then we we blow the doors off this thing. 
And I'll take your prediction from last week, dog. Randy gets not four, but five. Let's get five. <laughs> five sacks on them hoes. Let's go. There we go. <laughs> Let's get it. All righty. All righty. Well, let me go with my ball prediction here. So, the score is 34 to 10. Uh, Cowboys win. Um, my bold prediction for it is going to be the fact that I think we hold them under 200 yards of complete offense, total offense. Um, mm. All these mismatching they're doing, uh, this streak that Matty Ice is on, I think we're all kind of blowing it out of proportion a little bit. Um, and I think that we're kind of looking at it like, oh, what are they going to do? Well, they ain't going to do shit. Okay? 34-10, Cowboys. 34-10, Cowboys. Let's Whoa. go. All right, Andreas. I'll say 41-24. Of course, the boys. Uh, Dak will throw for three first half touchdowns, and he's going to erase all that rust talk. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Nice. All right, man. Okay. Well, hell yeah, fellas. All right. Well, y'all know what time it is, man. It's the shout out train, dog. So let's jump to Twitter, man, and get and read off some of these some of these tweets, man. Hey, I'll go first. Um, shout out to our boy Andrew Slovak, always showing the love at mm-hmm. Slovak underscore Andrew. He says. 35-23, them boys take it. Pitts will be held to only 65 yards receiving. Sorry, Dylan. Cowboys win Ooh. over 500. Oh, Cowboys with over 500 total yards and two turnovers on defense. Ooh, let's go. Let's get it. Let's mm-hmm. go. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to Laddie. L-A-T-T-Y. At Trey Dice 5. He says, boys, 31-17. It shows why he wasn't there at 11. Ooh, I don't Ooh, know, man. Okay. So that means Pitt's going to have a big day, but we still – I guess he's going to score. He's going to have – uh, he's the one scoring those 17 points, huh? <laughs> no, sure that. Trey, Trayvon, Trayvon's locking him down. He, he's going to listen to this podcast and shut him down. Fuck all that. Hey, man, as someone who drafted Pitt's in two leagues, I'll take a good day from him, but the Cowboys do. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, uh, shout out to Steal Them Boys, DC4L. No off season at uh, looking crazy. Uh, he says, 3117, them boys, Zeke eats for 125 and two touchdowns. And he says, My question is, how long until we see Bossman getting more reps at corner this year, or is AB locked down number two? And I'll ask you that question, Mark. Well, I'll let you answer that question, Doc. AB's locked down at number two. Um, apart from some sort of disastrous situation with AB or if he gets injured, I think the most they'll work Kelvin in um, is to the slot. And mm. what he'll probably be doing is solidifying his spot in the slot. That's what the rest of the season would be for that. Um, I really don't – you don't change, change a horse midstream. Um, even if his measurables are better. I mean, beginning of the season, who knows what would happen if you would have had, you know, the work there. But I think that you bring him in, you work him into the slot, you see what he can do. I mean, Jordan Lewis is out there laying the wood, guys. Mm-hmm. So, uh, dick and foes. I like the idea. I mean, I like the promise. Well, honestly, I love the promise of it. I love, hey, the name, Kelvin Joseph, I've been waiting for it myself. But at the same time, my boy, um, my boy out there, he's he's been laying the wood on people. Jordan's been doing a good job, you know, so – I think they'll work yeah, him in. Yeah. I don't think he sees the outside. If he does see any starter roles, it'll be in the slot. Already. Already. I don't know. I don't. I don't know about him starting, but I think he's just he's going to get more reps as the season goes on. Uh, it could be at the slot. It could be outside. And you never know with injuries. He might get an opportunity. Uh, hopefully not, but uh, he might get his opportunity due to injuries. And we're a good team. We're going to be blowing out a lot of teams down the down the line. So hopefully we bring we bring in Kelvin to kind of shut these guys out and get his reps in. See, that's garbage work. See, that's garbage work. Got to get them reps where you can, man. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. A lot of people mistake other times for garbage time. That's garbage time. That's right. That's right. That's true. Yeah, shout out to my guy, Sir Edward James. James Espinosa. James. Uh, that boy says Terrence Steele allows zero sacks. Cowboys in hey. win win twenty seven seventeen. What up, James? Okay, so, hey, South Texas up. conglomerate. That's to right, his that's right. to his point, uh, Atlanta is last in the league in sacks, and they're toward the bottom in pressure. So definitely the week to do it. 
That's right. That's right. Hey, shout out to uh, the homie Shane. Hey, Dylan, your homie Shane, uh, 2104. He always rides for you, man. He says, final score, 37-13 Cowboys. And his bold prediction is Dak will throw for four touchdowns. I like it. Let's go. I like that. Let's go. Let's go. For a redemption game. Shout out to Shane. Shout out to Shane, man. All right. Well, um, I got one uh, on under mine. From, okay, let's uh, go. From Wink Marvel, he says, uh, mm-hmm. "Who will spend? Who will spend the most time covering Pitts? And uh, will this be a breakout game for Gallup?" Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know yeah. my answer. I think I think they should put Trayvon on him. I don't know if he's going to uh, cover him most of the time, but I think they should. Yeah, yeah. You, you know. And the other half of that, you know, I think we're going to see some other things out of Gallup, man, because everybody – I mean, Dillard had a great stat earlier in the year about him having the only two, you know, go routes for touchdowns, and I really think that's what people are coming back and expecting from him. And given his skill set, given what their expectations are, I think that we're not going to see very much Noah Brown. We're not going to see any Tur- Malik Turner. We're going to see a little bit more Gallup in different spots, maybe from the slot, maybe coming across the middle, maybe not mm-hmm. just running a go route, maybe running a reverse. Just different spots for Gallup is what I think we're going to see. To, to answer his question, will this be a breakout game for Gallup? I have him going for two touchdowns. I don't know if that counts, but in terms of yards, I think with CD going back to the slot, him having those free releases, getting down the seam routes, I think he's going to have a breakout game against Atlanta. Yes, sir. Let's yes, go. sir. I can see it. I can see it. All right, yo, man. Well, shit. Hey, we've been on here for an hour, man. Y'all know how it goes. Before we get off, man, hey, uh, Mark, tell, tell the folks where they can find you at, man. Well, Mark D, Talking Boys with the Boys at Mark D's Corner, man, on Twitter. And then on Facebook, it's uh, Mark DeLeon. You know, come around, get a little bit of information, talk some shit. Mm. Yes, sir. Yeah, you can find me at Dylan88Wilson on Twitter. I do this Twitter thing, man. So come follow me. Woo! Mm. Andres? He does. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at that boy Dreezy. Uh, you can find me on uh, yeah, pretty much that, just at that boy Dreezy. Uh, you can find my Instagram at Mister Dreezy, or you can just follow my cat. Hey, and I'm <laughs> Adam Y. <laughs> and I'm Adam Y. Talking Boys with the Boys at Hop the Hey, and thank you for rocking with Talking Boys.